reading from the first book of Samuel. Then Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. He brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its families, and the family of the Matrites was taken by Lot. Finally, he fought, brought the family of the Matrites near, man by man, and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken by Lot. But when they sought him, he could not be found. So they inquired again of the Lord, did the man come here? And the Lord said, see, he has hidden himself among the baggage. Then they ran and brought him from there. When he took his stand among the people, he was head and shoulders taller than any of them. Samuel said to all the people, do you see the one whom the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, long live the king. Samuel told the people the rights and duties of the kingship, and he wrote them in a book and laid it before the Lord. Then Samuel sent all the people back to their homes. Saul also went to his home at Gibeah, and with him went warriors whose hearts God had touched. But some worthless fellows said, how can this man save us? They despised him and brought him no present, but he held his peace. Now Nahash, king of the Ammonites, had been grievously oppressing the Gadites and the Reubenites. He would gouge out the right eye of each of them and would not grant Israel a deliverer. No one was left of the Israelites across the Jordan whose right eye, Nahash, king of the Ammonites, had not gouged out. But there were 7,000 men who had escaped the Ammonites and had entered Jabesh Gilead. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, and all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
God, the Father, the Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. Good evening and welcome to Trinity Cathedral. Welcome to those of you joining us here in the cathedral. Those of you joining us online, we're so glad to have you here as well. And, and how wonderful it is to hear the choristers of St. Paul's. Your voices are filling the cathedral so wonderfully. So thank you all for being with us this, this evening. I also want to invite you to join us afterwards. We, we do have a light supper afterwards for those of you who wish to join us. We also have a forum this evening with Timothy Beale, a professor of religion at Case Western University, who also speaks uh, on the environment. And this, he's, his book is about how we respond to the reality that um, climate change is something that has happened. How then do we respond faithfully to it but he also uh, invites us to look even more deeply at what some of the roots of, um, uh, of our church's involvement uh, in, in what has become a climate crisis. So I hope you'll join us for what I think is going to be a wonderful forum uh, immediately afterwards. We welcome uh, to our pulpit this evening the Reverend Jeannie Lineback, who is the rector of St. Paul's Cleveland Heights. Welcome, Jeannie. So today, in the calendar of the saints, we remember a rather obscure saint named Ammonius. He was a monastic, a monk, who lived in northern Egypt in the late 300s. His story is rather unbelievable. Yet, it is recorded in many historical documents, including some that were contemporary with his time. So though most of the monks in the settlement where he lived were illiterate, Ammonius was exceptionally well educated. He had memorized the entirety of the Old and New Testaments, as well as the works of many early Christian theologians. And in addition to his great knowledge, Ammonius adhered to strict spiritual practices and was much loved as a spiritual director and guide. And so because of all of these attributes, the inhabitants of a nearby village wanted him to be their bishop. Now, forcible ordination was not unusual, actually, in the early church. And so Bishop Timothy of Alexandria told the people that if they were to bring this holy man to him, he would absolutely ordain him. However, Ammonius was not at all interested in being ordained. He pleaded with the people to not take him to the bishop, but they would not hear it, and a large crowd of them gathered to drag him back to Alexandria by force. And seeing that they were too numerous for him to resist or to flee, Ammonius seized a sword and chopped off his ear right in front of them. And then he calmly replied, that he was now utterly disqualified for ecclesiastical office since the law forbids a man who is mutilated to become a priest. That is a law found in the book of Leviticus. So deeply shaken, the people returned to Bishop Timothy, who said to them, look, this law that you're talking about is observed only by the Jews. 
If you bring him to me, I will ordain him, even if he chops off his nose also. And so the people returned to Ammonius, but this time when they attempted to drag him off, Ammonius said to them, I swear to you that if you do such a thing to me, I shall cut out my tongue as well. And alarmed by the prospect of losing out on his preaching prowess, they finally left him in peace. So despite his strident refusal to be ordained, Ammonius was not opposed to the clergy. One of his brothers was a bishop and the other two were priests. And towards the end of his life, due to theological controversies embroiling the region, Ammonius left Egypt and sought out the company of his close friend, John Chrysostom, one of the early church fathers who served as Archbishop of Constantinople. Ammonius was a deeply faithful man who knew himself. He knew who he was. He knew who he was supposed to or how he was supposed to live in this world, how he was meant to share his particular abilities with others. The message for us in the scripture this evening is to not stray from our true selves, from the way we are meant to serve others, based on our own particular skills and abilities and life experiences. In the reading from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus warns about the scribes and the Pharisees who stray from their own teachings. They get caught up in the allure of power and authority and acclaim. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues. They lose sight of their truest selves, of what they have to offer others, which can happen quite wonderfully out of the limelight. The true gifts of life come not through power and acclaim, but from giving of ourselves to one another. And therein lies the peace in our souls, the peace which surpasses all understanding. As the great theologian Frederick Buechner wrote, the place where God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Amen.
Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion on the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Together, let us pray the fourth prayer on page three. Dear God, thank you for all that is good, for our creation and our humanity, for the stewardship you had given us of this planet Earth, for the gifts of life and of one another, for your love which is unbounded and eternal. O most holy and beloved, our companion, our guide upon the way, our bright evening star. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.